Would you please remain standing for the reading of today's scripture from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, verses 1 through 20. You'll recognize this as the Old King James Version. And it came to pass in those days that there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. And this taxing was first made when Cyrenius was governor of Syria. And all went to be taxed, every one into his own city. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, unto the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be taxed with Mary, his espoused wife, being great with child. And so it was that while they were there, the days were accomplished that she should be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you, ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger." And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And it came to pass as the angels were gone away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which is come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told unto them. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Well, friends, many of you got to church this afternoon and had your own experience of there is no room in the inn. And so for that, I am sorry, but I am also very glad to be in worship with you over here on this side of the building. We are so glad to be able to worship this Christ child tonight. Um, so it is really, truly a joy to be together. So I have to tell you about last night, truly, literally last night. My little family, we decided that we were going to exchange gifts because these next couple days get a little wild for us. Our son is four, James, and our daughter two, Abby. And so they're at that perfect age, four and two, like the age for Christmas. There's so much magic in all of this for them. Truly anything is possible right now. But we've wanted them to learn and start to understand the fun in giving as well, not just all the getting. 
So James and Abby bought, bought each other Christmas presents this year. And I also thought it would be fun for them to get something for their daddy. And so we went to Walmart, to the golf aisle. And that was where we started. I just wanted a little something that they had kind of picked out. And it was really obviously going to be more of a gesture. By this time, Abby was getting really grumpy. We had spent too, many, too much time in too many other aisles. And so um, while we're in the golf aisle trying to kind of get this thing done, um, I just opened a little box of golf balls and just handed her one. Like, just, you know, play with this. And just thought I'd keep her busy for a minute while we finished all this up. And so while we're there, we're finishing up. James picked out a golf towel that said, hole in one. It's perfect. It's great. So we get to the self-checkout, and we're paying for our hole-in-one golf towel and our giant boxes of baby wipes. And then I realize that Abby is still holding that golf ball. And the golf aisle is in the very back corner of Walmart. And so at this point, there's no turning around. And so this woman, who's assisting so kindly with all of the people doing self-checkout and obviously doing it incorrectly because none of us know how to use these things, uh, she comes over and she's visiting with us and she's talking to us about Christmas and how wonderful it must be with kids at this age. And she's being so sweet and helping me kind of keep them together while we finish up this transaction. And I realize Abby's got this golf ball. So... I look at her and I'm like, Abby, can you give this sweet lady the golf ball? Like, we're not taking it home with us. This isn't, this isn't happening. And I knew this was going to be a thing. You know, this was about to be a thing in the checkout line. And so she looks at me and she says, just take it. <laughs> and I was like, no, no, no. You're like, yeah, you don't understand. Like, we are not buying. Like, we're not paying for the golf ball. And I don't know how to split the three-pack into one. And like, I can't pay for it. it just, we need to leave the golf ball. <laughs> and then she said, And I said, okay. And so Abby took the golf ball. And last night, I took the kids into our bedroom and I wrapped up the golf towel and the stolen golf ball while, while they didn't help at all. And when I was totally done, James proudly walked out of the bedroom with his wrapped up golf towel and said, hey, daddy, I got you this. And Michael said, thanks, buddy, but don't tell me what, I got you this, daddy, it's a towel. And Abby toddled out with her stolen golf ball, wrapped, you can tell it's a golf ball, and just said, ball. <laughs> Merry Christmas, Dad, you know? I'm not sure what this Christmas scene, these last couple days or the next couple days is like at your, at your house. Ours is really pretty quiet and simple with bits of chaos and bits of clumsiness and lots of missing the point, apparently. <laughs> Maybe yours is precious. Maybe your Christmas days are precious, or maybe they're just a, a little bit tense, or maybe they're holy and sacred, or maybe they're truly painful. I, I don't know. They, they may be magical. You may have kids or grandkids that are at that age, but they could also be lonely, and yours could have bits of sarcasm and massive bits of overeating and reuniting and biting your tongue. I don't know what your Christmas scene looks like, but the scene at the Orr house last night could not have been possibly further from the scene of that first Christmas. So I want to go with you there together. I want to go with you to that Christmas scene, the one that's for all of us, the one that has good stuff 
for every one of us. The text says, and there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. Now, these shepherds, so you know, and so you're very clear, are not the shepherds of your nativity scene at home. They are not sweet and humble men standing peacefully by on the edges, heads bowed, surrounded by very well-behaved animals. In the first century, these shepherds would have been outright despised. These shepherds that were watching their flock by night were absolutely undesirable company. Poor and illiterate and dirty and smelly, and they were thought to be dishonest thieves because they'd let their flocks graze by on other people's lands. They were outcast by polite society. All the world at this time is rushing around, trying so desperately to comply with this ordered census, traveling these long distances on a time crunch, trying to meet the strict expectations of the government and their families. Not that you know anything about what that's like right now, but not the shepherds. The shepherds were not engaged in this. They were literally considered not worth counting. That's who this is. They're not concerned by any of it. They're living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flocks in the middle of the night, just going about their work. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone around about them, and they were sore afraid. They were afraid. Imagine if you were just going about your business at work or at home, and all of a sudden, you know, an angel of the Lord just appears to you and the glory of the Lord shone around you. That is insane. That's crazy. Their fear rose up in an instant, this surge of adrenaline, you have to imagine it, this panic that comes with being utterly caught off guard and having no way to process what is happening to them. They were afraid. Afraid. But fear is quite familiar to us as well. We know fear. We know what fear feels like. Fear is, in fact, the driving force of our culture, and it is our primary motivator. Fear of real and embellished threats motivate all of our political powers and the policies that we end up supporting. Fear of falling behind drives our choices for our really busy children. There's this fear of failure that keeps us pushing ourselves and pushing ourselves and pushing ourselves to the point of utter exhaustion at work. Fear of missing out. FOMO, it's been added to the dictionary. It tells us to keep scrolling and keep scrolling social media so that we don't miss any bit of news or gossip. This fear of rejection it prevents us from trying new things and going to new places and meeting new people. Fear. It is powerful and it's motivating and it is pervasive. So I want you to take all the fear you know, all the fear that permeates our whole world and all the fear of our country and our community and our schools and your workplaces and our homes and just bottle it all up and drop it into a field where shepherds were watching their flock. They were terrified. And the angel looked right at those tired and outcast and terrified shepherds. And the angel said unto them, fear not, fear not. 
Fear not, be not afraid, do not be afraid. The very first words that were spoken after Jesus' birth are do not be afraid. The very first recorded spoken words after God had broken into the world are don't be afraid. I imagine that other words were probably actually spoken before these. You have to, you have to imagine. Wide-eyed Joseph, he probably just looked at Mary and told her how amazing she was, how brave and how strong and sweaty, exhausted Mary, probably breathing heavy, and said how beautiful this sweet baby was, looking at her child saying, I can't believe that God picked me to be his mommy. This young couple probably looked at each other in awe that it had all happened the way that it had just happened, and they spoke his name together for the first time. Hi, Jesus. And the newborn Jesus would have cried that screechy newborn cry and found security in his mom's arms. But the first recorded words were, do not be afraid. So why does it matter? It matters because those words were for us, too. Those words were for you. Do not be afraid. It was for me, and it was for you, and it was for those shepherds. In fact, I think it may be the words that were said first, recorded, after his birth, because it's the words that we most desperately need to hear spoken to us again and again. In fact, no other command is repeated more in Scripture than be not afraid or do not fear. No other command. I haven't counted it for myself. I haven't counted them up, just full disclosure. But some say that it's repeated 365 times in the Old and New Testaments, once for every day of the year, which frankly seems a little bit too on the nose for me to be true. But I wouldn't put it past God to do such a thing because we do, in fact, need to hear that news every single day. Do not fear. Be not afraid. We need to hear it every day because the truth is we live in fear. We do. Most of us entered this space tonight with a little measure of fear, acute fear that something terrible is just around the corner from us or vague, anxious fear that things just don't feel quite right. And we need a sign that can cut through our fear. And we get it. For the angel says, fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. Ye shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. The decisive act of reconciliation in our world the balm for our fear and our pain and our anxiety was a tiny little baby. A little baby. Our sign was a little baby. God moved into our neighborhood as a wrinkly, vulnerable, helpless little newborn. Heaven moved to earth and was wrapped in swaddling clothes. The Savior, the Messiah, the Lord of Lords who would liberate and who would love into a new reality was gently laid 
into a manger. Hey, shepherds, God got you this. It's a baby. God got you this. It's a baby. But the promise wasn't enough. They had to go see for themselves. They had to open their gift. This wouldn't make sense for them until they heard the baby's cry and smelled his delicious baby head. You know the smell. And until they greeted his poor young parents, until they saw for themselves this baby was squirming in a feeding trough, all of the signs for them that it's Christmas, they knew that this was what they were looking for. They just had to go, and they had to see the sign. So the shepherds said one to another, let us now go even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which has come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in the manger. They saw him, just as the angel had promised. But this baby, this baby wasn't just a baby. This was so much more than a baby. The very sight of this baby pushed out in an instant the fear that they had known in the presence of God's angel and the perpetual fear that they knew every day because of their profession and how they were perceived in the world. This Savior child was the embodiment of their soul's great need, and the sight of this baby Messiah flooded them with hope and with peace and with joy, and with love. You came here tonight knowing, you were certain, that we would be unwrapping the Christ child, the one away in a manger. That's the sign that we all came looking for tonight, all of us. It's the sign we come looking for every year on Christmas Eve. But this baby Jesus has gifts for you. Hey, Hey, I got you this. It's hope. Hope for those who are waiting for medical test results right now. It's hope for those who need extra courage. It's hope for those who wonder if things are really ever going to get better. It's hope for those who feel grieving loss, for infertility, for longing. Hey, hey. I got you this. It's peace. You don't have to look in. It's peace. Peace for those who have had to bury a loved one this year. It's peace for those who have been rejected and have broken hearts. It's peace for those who don't feel at home, at school, or at work, or at home. It's peace for those whose income is quite small and whose debt is quite large. Hey, I got you this. It's joy. It's joy for those who can't bear another bit of bad news. It's joy for those who suffer the darkness of depression. It's joy for those who are overwhelmed and overcome by shame or guilt. It's joy for those who are just feeling a little bored or uninspired. Hey, I got you this. It's love. It's love for you. Love for those who are holding it together for everyone else. Love for those whose marriages are fragile. It's love for those who grieve the empty chair, the empty spot tonight. 
It's love for those who simply find it impossible to love themselves. The story isn't really surprising anymore. We knew it was coming tonight. You knew that's what you were going to get. But sometimes you have to be told. You have to be told exactly what something is so that you can open it and receive it and enjoy it and know that it was just for you. Hey, Daddy, I got you this. It's a towel. The creator of the universe, the God of creation, is looking at us tonight and saying, Hey, I got you this. It is a baby. It's a savior. It's a messiah. It is a friend. It may not look like much now, but just you wait and see. He is made out of the same stuff as you, but he's also made out of the same stuff as me. He's the center of Mary and Joseph's whole world, and he's the song that the angels sang, and he's the mission of the shepherds, but he's going to grow, and he's going to become the center of your whole world, and he's going to be the song that you're going to sing, and he's going to be your mission. He is your sign, and as you open yourself up to receive him, he will replace your despair with hope, and he will replace your fear with peace, and he will replace your sorrow with joy, and he will replace your anger with love. Hey, I got you this, God says. It's a baby. But more than that, it is hope, and it is peace, and it is love, and it is joy, and it is yours. It is for you. Christ is born unto you, and he comes bearing gifts that are yours, and they are yours to share. Fear not. This is good news of great joy, and it's just for you. Amen, and Merry Christmas.